tea on the stool. Now, this week's guest is Harry Deansway. And, oh boy, I mean, he did not hold back at all. He was brutally honest. And um, this is actually exactly what I wanted to happen in an interview like this. And when it did finally happen, I could not stop laughing. So that explains the the laughing you'll hear. If you don't know him, Harry Deansway, he's uh, quite a well-known character. He used to run his own comedy magazine, which then made him um, comedy editor at The Guardian. And he has a bit of a cult following, I've heard, amongst comedians. And uh, I believe he's got about 10 fans, something like that. So, you know, excellent stuff. Now, before we move on to the interview, I just wanted to let you know how the podcast is doing. I'm sure you're dying to know. Now, the last time I discussed numbers, we had about seven views, right? Things have changed slightly. We've actually got 39 unique listeners. So that's 39 people are listening. You know, suddenly I I wake up, I open the dashboard and it's 39. And I gotta be honest, I wasn't entirely thrilled with that. I should have been. And uh, I think what happened is I started thinking about all the um, all the Edinburgh shows, you know, five years of shows that I've done, lots of hard work, and I do not have a single fan, right? Uh, on top of that, the average audience of, of those Edinburgh shows was about uh, seven, right? Seven people. So seeing that a podcast that has only been live for two weeks has 39 listeners, it kind of annoyed me, I have to be honest with you, it, it, it really did. Uh, you know, you can't control your emotions, and um, unfortunately that's the reaction that came out, utter frustration at the fact that people are listening to this. I mean, you know, it's hard to explain. If, if you're not a struggling artist or comedian, you probably won't get it. But but it just does make you think, like, what's the point? You know, what's the point? I mean, I've, I've, I've slaved around for five years. I've done all this work and um, not a single fan. And then, you know, two weeks of this podcast. And I've got 39 listeners. I mean, I might as well have just sat on a couch with jam on my face all that time just, you know, attacking people on interviews. So in a way, if you think about it, this is pretty much the worst thing that could have happened, at least to um, the the kind of fragile state of my ego. But um, what I've done to kind of combat this is I've, um, I've blocked myself from uh, the dashboard. So now I can no longer check who is listening to this? And frankly, I feel much better now. Um, I have no idea who's listening. I don't want to see the number. I feel great. Uh, yeah. So anyway, plodding on, plodding on, onto the interview. I think you'll like this one. Exciting times. Please welcome Harry Deansway. Welcome. Harry Deansway, welcome to the show. 
Well, thank you for your warm welcome. I am so excited that you've agreed to come on. <laughs> Please don't be. I mean, I will do any podcast. Okay. Okay. Well, we've got seven listeners now, so I'll let you know it's going very well. Congrats. Thanks. Thanks. So, Harry, I've told you this, but just to the repeat, I'm, I'm going to be asking you some difficult questions, and you have the right to invoke the bruised ego button twice during this <laughs> interview if you if you should feel the need, you know. Um, and uh, yeah, that that's. Are you all right with that concept? Oh, if you can bruise my ego, I will be very impressed. Oh, okay. Well, challenge accepted. Let's uh, <laughs> let's start with that one. So, Harry, you are known to uh, you know to most struggling comedians i should say in in the circuit to be a sarcastic misanthropic mc uh, who hosts an open an open mic in archway right now i suppose my question is why would you choose to host an open mic when you clearly dislike other comedians oh well to to make uh, like comedians give up new comedians give up so, you know, there's less competition. Okay. So so you went into into it with uh with that particular purpose in in mind. Oh yeah, like li- literally, yeah. Like to run a night that made any new act want want to give up, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um okay, well, I don't know if this will please you, but but I think I think the atmosphere does very much incite that that sort of response. Yeah. I mean, it worked on me as well, to a degree, so. Yeah, yeah. And how is it going so far? So have you managed to get anyone to quit? Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I've got some written confirmation of that. Yeah, definitely. Really? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was definitely a big success, yeah. Okay. A lot of people to quit and a lot of people to speak very badly about me uh, around the circuit. Oh, gosh, really? Yeah. I haven't, I haven't heard anything anything bad. Oh, yeah. I. I I've been in a few awkward rooms, yeah. Okay. Uh, how, how do you know that they've uh, quit? Have they sent you a thank you letter like, oh, thank you so much, Harry. I'm now a corporate lawyer and I'm eating Taste of Difference biscuits or what was the context here? <laughs> um, yeah, it's like uh, I would have like admonished them for something and then they'd have said, sent me an email saying, I'm really sorry about the way I spoke to you. I've given up comedy now and you were probably right. <laughs> Like literally yeah there's one guy i can't remember what his name was but i got an email exchange like not dissimilar to that basically yeah okay okay now i mean part of me admires you for that because i think i you know you often do think certain things in your head but you're then stopped by saying them out loud by a sort of whatever innate sense of shame but it turns out you you don't really have a lot of that innate sense of shame then or guilt yeah no shame or guilt, or guilt. Yeah. Is that does that mean I'm a psychopath? I don't know. Do do you think you're a psychopath? Uh I don't know. I think I think that's a too harsh start to the interview. Can we <laughs> can we can we not do that start? Can we uh yeah. Because I think it's gonna be very difficult to to have a positive, you know, unveiling of your ego if we start calling you a psychopath like three minutes into the interview. <laughs> okay. So I mean I'm curious. I, I do apologize. I realize I am digging into this probably for far more time than it's worth. But what what would you say to, to someone that you felt was really just a waste of space in the comedy open mic scene? 
Yeah, I mean, I think they would get the message. I'm not very good at pretending, you know. Okay. If I think someone's bad, I, I can't hide it. I really can't. Yeah. But I would never, ever tell anyone to give up. But I, I would just set up a night that was designed specifically to make them feel like they wanted to give up. To test them. Yeah. Now that you talk, I am actually recalling when you go up on stage after an act's just been on. And it, yeah, it's very difficult to hide, isn't it? What your, what your feelings are towards that act. Yeah. And I think that's what kind of made the night uh, unique in that uh, a lot of open mic nights, they, they sort of skate around the elephant in the room, which is that the majority of acts on this bill are appalling. Whereas I would just say, well, that was racist and, and, or uh, that, that was really bad. Sure. Yeah. I think, I mean, what, what I personally liked about your night, and this was, I think this was, like you said, the only night where it was obvious, is that all the sort of desperation in that room of struggling comedians that usually would be just teetering below the surface in a regular open mic, in your show, it would just be, you know, it would be the very meat of the night, wouldn't it? it would, like the stench of desperation would just be so obvious. Oh, yeah. I mean, rats uh, stank of desperation Yeah, um, from every angle. You could smell it. Like, literally, you would. It would. People would come down, I think, because they smelt how the desperation. They were like, oh, my God, there's something horrific going on down there. Like, because it's in a basement as well. I, I do think that. It's like, because I noticed that the night would get, like, busier as it went on, if you know what I mean. Yeah. But, I mean, you, yeah, you managed to sort of turn it into a cathartic thing, I think. Yeah, you're completely correct. but. Everyone has a very precious ego. They can't say that's the case. Otherwise, they then would admit to themselves that their act is appalling. Mm. So, yeah. It's a good observation. Yeah. Well, I'm very familiar with precious ego, having having done interviews with some comedians. So I'm glad you're not one of those, Harry. No, I don't have an ego anymore. It's been broken down by 15 years as a open mic comedian yeah yeah so essentially i can't say anything to you really can i that will kind of rattle you nothing that can surprise me mm. nothing that can surprise you but like can i still make you second guess your uh, career <laughs> i mean career is a very strong word well we like to compliment our, our guests yeah uh let's call it a hobby <laughs> Okay, would that make you more comfortable? Yeah, it would, yeah. <laughs> okay, okay. So, <laughs> yeah, I might have to rebrand the podcast a little bit, but... Um, I... Oh, no, well, for the, for the purpose of podcast, we can call it a career. I mean, I've had, I've had about three paid gigs, so that kind of, kind of counts as a career, right? Okay, yeah, I think so. So, so that was the three paid gigs. Is that over the course of the 15 years? Or... Yeah. I'm sorry I don't usually laugh this much I, I do apologize I should be more professional yeah well you know a, a lot of my audience say that actually right when you're talking about your career which is also my act oh is that your act yeah okay okay you really haven't done any research yeah no I, I, I it's difficult when you've got eye issues it's uh I've I, uh, I've spoken to someone who knows you, so I I do have some dirt on you. So that's yeah. great. So 
Harry, what, what do you think is um, missing from your act? Uh, an audience. <laughs> an audience coming to watch it is literally the only thing missing from it. So a, a fan base, is that fair to say? Yeah, a fan base, yeah. Yeah, because mm-hmm. I have an audience, but it's about three people. <laughs> okay, okay. Are those guys, are there comedians that are just waiting to oh, yeah. go on stage themselves, or are those actually <laughs> fans throughout those 15 years that you've somehow managed to... Oh, we're, t- uh, we're talking fans. Oh, well, that's that's about 10 then. Yeah, and 10? That's just, yeah, it's mainly comedians. I'm I'm the dreaded comedian's comedian, you know? Oh, are you? Yeah. Okay, so you're like the next Stuart Lee, sort of. <laughs> if you're going to say that, sure, I'll take it. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm Stuart Lee, but without the private school education and Oxford University degree, yeah. Mm. <laughs> I'm Stuart Lee without the contacts. <laughs> so speaking about this, I mean, I, I just sort of said Stuart Lee, but now that I'm thinking about it, There are some similarities. Like, for example, you're a pretty angry guy on stage, right? (laughs) Yeah, sure. And and there is also this this level of uh, of arrogance. It's a bit like, I shouldn't really be here. I'm too good for this gig kind of vibe, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I am too good for the circuit. Where do you think this sort of arrogance, if if you, let's call it that, in lack of a better vocabulary on my part, um, where do you think this is coming from? Well, I think it's I think it's the disconnect between my ability and uh, the financial and audience attendance, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's like it's more frustration than anger. I think I don't think I'm a particularly angry person. But I am very frustrated. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, so so it's that feeling of oh, that you know, I should really be somewhere else. This is not. I shouldn't be performing to these other comedians yeah why am i slumming it with these talentless rats yeah (laughs) is that is that why you called the name of the open mic is called rats oh yeah because it's like it's the ultimate like you know inside just a bunch of rats yeah that's what i think open mic comedians are yeah in the main there's the odd the odd one who isn't the odd human like me but like um the majority of them are rats okay what do you think you could do if you decided that you really, really wanted to succeed as a stand-up and get a fan base, as as we discussed earlier? What do you think you could do? Um, I mean, this is pretty bleak, but mm. I think uh, die. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I think I'm I'm the thing that's holding back my act. <laughs> Once I'm out the way, I think, I think it's going to flourish. Okay. Is that just because you're not going to be there to sabotage yourself or is that because you've got videos that you plan to release after your death? It's kind of both, yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's it's like one leading to the other, yeah. Okay. By the way, this I'm not saying I'm planning to die, but I'm saying yeah, sure. No. Having sat down and looked at it, I think uh, you know, my only natural conclusion is that I am the problem. You know, yeah, the act's fantastic. You know, it's it's obviously people are not warming to me as a person. You know, right? I can see that you would think that. Uh, (laughs) I mean, have you ever considered? This is just a stab in the dark, but have you ever considered, you know, feigning 
that you are this likable character on stage just to get kind of more credit uh, what trying to be likable on stage yeah i suppose mm. uh no I've, I've not thought of that no no would that, would that sort of be selling out in your in your mind i just don't think it's possible you don't think it's possible <laughs> well i mean you can only be yourself right well, I mean, I, I suppose you could go to acting school with the intent purpose of, you know, five years of acting school with the intent purpose of, of faking a, uh, you know, likable character that isn't Harry Dean's way. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, I, I think that, no, I could act likable, but it would just feel like, what's the point, you know? So your your ideal scenario is you are your, let's say, appalling self on stage. And, and people are absolutely loving it. They've, they've accepted you. So that's that's the sort of scenario that would be the best case, wouldn't it? Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm only into authenticity, which sounds wanky as fuck, but uh, it's true. Do you think there is a market for the sort of stand-up that you're doing? If we look at the empirical evidence, no. <laughs> but um, <laughs> there have been... I mean, I've seen people laughing at it. So, you know, it's, it's not like I've performed to silence for 15 years. So, I mean, mm. it's like, I'll never know, but I'm either incredibly ahead of my time or I'm shit. It's one or the other. Gosh, that's a very big chasm between those two opinions. Yeah. And we're not sure after 15 years which one it's leaning towards. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, like, um, I was thinking the other day, it's like, uh, like am I one of those sort of um, people you get on like the X Factor auditions who they they like film because they're mad and they have no talent, you know, or am I am I talented? I don't know at this stage. <laughs> Which one it is. I've genuinely no idea. But I'm carrying on. Yeah. Yeah. Um I I um, I do apologize. I don't laugh this much usually, but um, the, it it just rings very true what you're saying. Please, please, please don't apologize for laughing. <laughs> um, yeah, okay. So, ha- have you considered going on the X Factor? I mean, it's getting it's it's getting that desperate. I have to say, <laughs> I do sing in my act, so yeah. Do you actually? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, you don't need your eyes to hear that, yeah. No, no. I could have sent you some songs, yeah. <laughs> I, I really can't imagine you singing, Harry, I have to say. I, I don't. <laughs> What's been the worst gig you've ever done? Oh, God. Well, that's definitely the one where my girlfriend broke up with me in the audience. Yeah, that was pretty bad. In the audience? Yeah, yeah. In the audience, yeah. I mean, whilst you were on stage. Yeah, while I, whilst I was on stage, yes. That's how bad that gig went, yeah. <laughs> That's how much she hated... This was my girlfriend who loved me. That's how much she hated that show. That's how experimental and avant-garde I was, yeah. So, so how long have you had you been with this lady? I want to say at that stage about two years. Right. I mean, how did she do it? I guess I have to ask now. With her face, mainly. (laughs) And then in the street afterwards, like, crying and shouting. (laughs) I was just doing this character show, and she just hated it, basically. And um, I said during the show, I I sort of caught her eye. 
and there was I think there's about eight people there at the time and I just caught her eye and like I could see she was absolutely hating it and I just went uh oh my girlfriend's loving this and then she like looked at me like like gave me a death stare and I said uh oh you're not gonna dump me are you and then she just didn't answer <laughs> so it's like right so I then basically proceeded to have like a nervous breakdown for the last sort of 20 minutes of the show um just thinking like oh right she, this is how bad the show's going she's gonna dump me when it all finished I said I'll meet you downstairs and um she was like okay. she just went downstairs and I like, packed all this costumes into my suitcase I came downstairs and I was just like clutching at straws, like, how can I win this back? What can I do to change her mind? And she's like, so I come down and I'm like, oh, hey. And she's just like ignoring me. And I'm like, oh, God. And then I'm like, uh, uh, do you, can I take you out for dinner? And she's like, all right, yeah, fine. All right, so then we like walk down the Royal Mile and I'm like, oh, I can't find my wallet. And she's like, look at me again, like she was during the show. And I sort of like open up the suitcase and basically re-perform the show for her as I pull out every costume, like looking for my wallet. So she's just having flashbacks on how, how awful this show was at that point. Yeah. Plus you, yeah. you you don't have your wallet and she's probably hungry as well. So yeah. yeah. So, and then yeah. she just stormed off. Yeah. So, and that was the end of that. Yeah. Gosh. You, I mean, you never had a chance to ask her what she didn't like about the show. Oh, I know what she didn't like about the show. Yeah. Oh, you know what, what was it? Uh, it's a, it's a bit, it's a bit of a dildo. <laughs> Right, a bit with a dildo. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right, so she was jealous at another dildo. It wasn't a fake vagina, it was a, a dildo that you had there. Yeah, yeah, she's jealous of a dildo. I don't know, I think it was so long ago. I think it was, yeah, I think it was that. And, uh, okay. Yeah, she just hated the show. Gosh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, anyway, I hope it wasn't the love of your life. Uh, no, no, no. Okay. One of them. I'm trying to end this on a sort of uplifting note, but this isn't working. Yeah, good luck ending any, any of my anecdotes on an uplifting note, but go on then. Gosh, you know, I have a question here that I wrote ahead of the interview, you know, called, do you actually want to succeed? And, you know, I have to say, reading it now after your anecdote, it kind of seems like quite a harsh question. Uh, you want to go for it? Yeah. All right. Go ahead then. Do I want to succeed? I mean, I guess, the, I guess the second part of the question is, you know, do you actually want to succeed or is it easier or, you know, is it easier in a way being this pretend antisocial genius slash maverick? Pretend, eh? Not okay. pretend. Sorry. I, I don't know where that came from. I was thinking of myself. I do apologize. Yeah. So can you say that again and just say that, uh, just call me a genius maverick. <laughs> What's the question? Am I, uh, am I a genius? Sorry, I can't remember. <laughs> no, Harry, no, it, it, that's not the question. It's, d do you actually want to succeed? Like, how, how badly do you want to succeed? So it, it depends how you classify success, doesn't it? I mean, it's like, so by society's standards, I'm a complete and utter failure. You know, I'm <laughs> thousands of pounds in debt, uh, I'm a single man. Uh, I'm bald. You know, it's like you're bald as well. I'm bald. Yeah, <laughs> I've got it all going for me. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That's such a shock. <laughs> <laughs> Last time I saw you, I had hair. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, it's been a hard lockdown. It's been a hard lockdown. Oh, God, God, Harry, no, no, that was one of the things you had going for you, that hair of yours. Goodness. Okay, never mind. Uh, sorry, moving on to the question. So, yeah, by society's yeah definition, maybe not. But what about by your own definition? Oh, by my own definition, I'm a huge, huge success. Yeah, I mean, I have uh, been very happy with every creative project I've, I've been involved in, other than the results of the, as in, like, you know, they haven't. Yeah. But yeah, I've I've definitely learned what success is, you know. I mean, speaking to you, it does come across that you're a fairly passionate guy. I mean, you're fairly, you're clearly passionate about comedy, but at the same time, I'm wondering how far would you go for success? Would I suck a dick? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's a good question. All I can do is be me, basically. That's the problem. What, so give me the scenario of someone saying, if you suck my dick, uh, you can have a TV show. <laughs> Would I do that? Is that what you're asking? I mean, sure. Now that you've asked the question for me, thank you. I didn't want to, yeah, I didn't want to say it. But... All right, yeah, I'll do that. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Would you actually? Yeah, why not? Yeah. <laughs> if that's how it's gone, I mean, I've tried every other way. After 15 years, there's got to be part of me that's like, oh, it's just around the corner. Maybe I shouldn't suck the stick. Maybe I should wait. Oh, yeah, I'll wait then. Fine. <laughs> I mean, it's your choice, Harry. Which one Which one are you doing? Um, yeah, all right. I'm not ready to suck a dick. Okay, you're not ready there. You're not quite there yet. No, I'm not quite at the uh, sucking a dick stage, no. <laughs> well, I'm sure a lot of male producers will be very disappointed to hear this. Yeah. But, um, okay. So... It kind of sounds to me like you want to succeed on your terms or or not at all. Well, you're a very wise lady, yes. Mm. Very emotionally intelligent. Oh, don't mock me too much now, Harry. Don't mock me too much. Now, Harry, talking about uh, desperation, you actually have a blog. Yeah. I mean, I haven't read it again, poorly prepared on my side, but what is the idea of this blog? What, what's the purpose? To get attention, <laughs> to, uh, you know, tell my parents what I'm up to, that sort of thing, you know, about having to talk to them. Uh, the purpose of it is to write about my life on the outskirts of society and sort of like process that in a humorous way and, and sort of offer it up to people as a sort of almost lesson in why you shouldn't become an artist if you can avoid it. Is that actually the lesson, though? Yeah, like, I mean, I don't think you've got a choice in it, personally, but if I did have a choice, I definitely would have chosen something else, yeah. Okay, but, I mean, you haven't chosen something else, so you're clearly enjoying it. No, but did you hear what I said? If you, I don't think you have a choice. Okay. I think it's, like... <laughs> I don't want to say, like, it's, like, a God-given talent, but I do think it's, like, like a calling, you know? If, like... If well, now I'm a prime example of that. You know, if someone who has like had a, a like a a lot a lot of rejection in every element of my life as a result of this, and is still going, that means that it's a calling, you know, and you can't do anything else. Mm. Gosh, I feel like we need to deliver some pizza or something. It got too profound. I feel like we need to be eating whilst doing this profound <laughs> okay. philosophical chat. 
just to take the edge off it for people, you know, people who hate serious chat. Yeah, sometimes I forget how intelligent I am, yeah. So, Harry, you used to have a comedy magazine. Do you want to tell us a little bit about that? Oh, yeah, sure. So I used to have a comedy magazine that I set up uh, back in the day. And uh, as I'm sure you've... uh, you can imagine ended in total disaster like every other creative project under my stewardship uh disaster alienation and failure that is uh you know i, I don't know if i did i lose a girlfriend during that the from the magazine i can't remember i don't think mm. i mean if you didn't send it to her i don't see why you would have that was a, a total total disaster i was sued several times uh, I uh, was offended everyone in the industry. Okay. I mean, that to me sounds fascinating. But what was your mission to start off with before it went wrong? What was your mission with the magazine? Oh, yeah, it was it was a total mistake. And my mission was like, uh, so it was essentially when I started on the circuit, I would see some very talented comedians who had no profile. And then I just thought, there was a lot of rubbish on television and there was sort of this gap where you had these like amazing experimental acts performing on the circuit, but then they weren't on TV. So I thought, well, if you could create a magazine that gave these acts a sort of platform to sort of write stuff and then you nationally distributed it, it would raise their profile and also hopefully my profile. Mm -hmm. And, uh, well, it only half worked. It massively raised a lot of the acts who featured uh, profile but it it actually did nothing for my own profile if anything it it very much damaged my reputation like people still talk very badly about me and, th- and that magazine finished 10 years ago so why why did they talk badly about you what was the what was the issue oh because we you know like the same as rats you know just take the piss out of everyone you know and mm. and and uh you know speak truth to power you know <laughs> like uh, Jim Jeffries threatened to punch me. Uh, you know, Matt Holness grabbed hold of me at the Mighty Boosh Festival and lectured me on the ethics of journalism. You know, there's, there's like a countless list of that. Matt Berry wouldn't talk to me in an interview. You know, it's like lots of lots of things like that, you know? Okay. I mean, what is it that fascinated you about doing this sort of quest? I mean, it, it sounds like you obviously enjoy mocking people or... Yeah, I enjoy mocking people, yeah why i guess what is it you you think this gives you that's what the comedian should do like it should be like the court jester you know it should Mm. it should mock everything all the time constant mocking uh but i think and i think that's a major issue with the industry is that it is now takes itself incredibly seriously Mm. and that's not anything i've ever done i don't take myself seriously at all yeah do you regret starting the comedy magazine now or not? Yes and no. I mean, no, I don't regret it, but it does feel a bit like it was a waste of time in that I should have been making films and stuff in that three, four years. It's very time consuming. I mean, it was an amazing achievement and everyone who read it loved it and it still has mm. a place in a lot of people's hearts. But for me as a creative person, it, it was like a sidetrack thing. But, I, I, you know, I became, like, 
comedy editor of the Guardian Guide as a result of that, and you know, so some good stuff happened. But yeah, um, I, no, I still don't regret it. But I just feel like I, I, I wish I'd made like films instead. Okay, okay. Uh, it, it does sound like quite an interesting venture, and and then obviously the comedy editor at, at Guardian happened uh, due to that. How, how how was that? Did you enjoy being comedy editor at the Guardian? Oh my god! Now that is something I regret because that is the easiest money I've ever made in my life, and I was incredibly actually I was actually arrogant uh, back then, and I just thought I would uh, get a job like that wherever you know and it's like I, I missed every deadline oh did you yeah oh god yeah I was I was the nightmare there. and then in the end they just fired me so why you're passionate about writing you're passionate about comedy why would you go and get this amazing job and then miss the deadlines <laughs> because <laughs> because well first of all I was running a magazine at the same time so it's difficult oh I see you were still running that that magazine that you had yeah and then you know you know yourself you know the, there is a like a fear with with any creative endeavor you know that stops you from doing certain things so you know you you leave things to the last minute or you know you write it on stage or whatever because you're scared you know so I imagine that there was a lot of fear involved you know to be like legitimized as like this comedy editor this guardian guide like you know right right suddenly you had too too much the the dream was within grasp and and you weren't at the stage in in rats anymore making fun of people and it was too much it was before rats this is years before rats ah this was before rats okay Yeah, rats is my revenge on 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 that old self of me you know i see (laughs) oh yeah yeah i've i've fuck that opportunity up yeah big time what was worse losing the job as comedy editor at the guardian or your girlfriend of two years breaking up with you because of a show you did uh i'm gonna say the guardian (laughs) there was just a few seconds of silence there and i thought "Uh oh did i did I, no, did I bruise the ego? No, you did not. I did not bruise the ego, did I? No, good. No. We've both got biscuits to eat anyway. Um, <laughs> no, okay. I just wanted to think. I want, I like to, to think, think about okay. which, which one. Yeah. And I okay. thought I weighed up both in the seconds of silence and was like, yeah, I think it was uh, The Guardian. Yeah. So, Harry, if there was a film made about your life, uh, you're laughing before I've asked the question. It's great news. Uh, if there was a film made about your life, what would the trailer show? It would be pretty grubby, the trailer. Like, you know, a lot of uh, sort of like darkly lit and, uh, you know, dirty. And then the happy ending is either some sustained period of success or death. Well, is that the ending? Of the trailer, yeah. Okay, okay. So it's either like I'm in a mansion with like a family or some strippers, depending on how it goes, or it's a load of people at my funeral. And what would be some of the highlights in this trailer? The odd paid gig I've had. Uh, no, the, what would be the highlights? Well, yeah, I guess the magazine. You know, we could focus on that. Mm. Uh, then, you know, I've had a TV show in development at Channel 4, so that was a highlight. 
and you know I've uh, been with some lovely ladies in my life you know so that's been good but they're all gone now just to clarify <laughs> they're all gone now yeah but you know <laughs> I'm really helping make this more positive aren't I I'm, I'm really uh gosh what a what a great host I'm being they were all wonderful experiences mm. well Harry I've got I've got tears in my eyes so <laughs> so w- 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 well done what well, special shout out to the ladies there um <laughs> oh look you're asking me from a film perspective and that's you know sex sells you know yeah yeah sure especially back when you had hair you must have looked pretty good <laughs> yeah thank you yes if you, if you had a review what would it say at that at that stage uh well when i've got ten thousand fans yeah oh not for everyone <laughs> Or I didn't get this, <laughs> but the but the audience are enjoying it. Okay, I mean this is this is at the height of your career, and the yeah. the review would say not for everyone. Oh, a hundred percent, yeah. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You say that almost proudly, like that's what you actually want. <laughs> well, I don't know if it's what I want, but I know that is what would it it would be. Okay. Well, Harry Harry Deansway, uh, thanks so much for coming on the show. Pleasure. I mean, I uh, look forward to uh, you releasing it. Thanks so much. Thanks, Harry. All right. I'll catch you later. Catch you later. Bye. Bye. Bye.